This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome back to Podcast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's hockey podcast show. Friends, I'm Paul Bruno, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host, as always, is AJ Schultz, and you can follow him at AJ Schultz24. It's A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-2-4. We join you with uh, our second show of the week. We've never done that in the history of the three years that we've done this pod, AJ, and it's just a few years before the July 1st opening of the free agent period in the NHL. So today we'll go through a list of the most significant names that should be on the move in the coming days. I know that this is one of the most anticipated days in the NHL's offseason, and I'm sure my co-host feels the same way. So let's bring in AJ Schultz. How's things, partner? Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to uh, Sunday, right? Uh, Kicking it off. Going to be chipping in. I'm not usually a a Sunday guy around here, but going to be chipping in, helping out with some of that coverage uh, early Sunday morning. And, and, you know, hopefully we'll have a lot of movement, uh, a lot of interesting uh, notes to write that morning. So we'll be doing that. But uh, as always, before we kick off the rest of the show, just remind our listeners that uh, if you have any questions about lineups keepers fantasy hockey just hockey in general you know you want to know how this impacts your favorite team um we're happy to help answer those uh just tweet at us at paul as paul said uh you can follow me at aj shoals 24 and you can follow paul the statsman at statsman 22 all right uh, since our tuesday podcast some uh, more movement took place with the penguins actually making the headlines and that probably pleases you aj we can talk more <laughs> about this deal connor sheary and matt hunwick had been moved off to the sabers for a conditional fourth round pick now it wasn't so long ago that there was some concern about some of the deals that were going down and if they were truly uh, going to be allowed by the nhl this one had me scratching my head it's a, not a big price to pay for the penguins to clear some space here and i see it uh, as a way of anticipating more player movement and there's a hot rumor out there aj i'm sure you're aware of a certain defenseman that they're talking to but what i see is they cleared 5.25 million more in cap space and that gives them a little more flexibility to sign as many as six or seven more players with a total of 10 million on their remaining cap space yeah, I mean, some of that has has already been spent. Uh, you know, uh, they re-signed Riley Shahan, 
uh, for about 2.1 million. So that was part of it. And then, uh, yeah, the big rumor you mentioned, uh, sounds like it's pretty much just waiting for Sunday to, to cross the T's and dot the I's, uh, is Jack Johnson going to sign there, uh, with Pittsburgh. And so that's coming in at about 3 million. So pretty much that entire 5 million, uh, is going to go right off the bat to those two guys. And look, uh, I think from Buffalo's standpoint, it's a perfectly good deal. Uh, you get a veteran presence in the locker room and Matt Hunwick. They've got a very young defensive core. Now, I know Rasmus Ristolainen has been anchoring that for a while, but at the end of the day, uh, he's still just a 20-something-year-old kid uh, and some veteran help in there uh, certainly won't be uh, a bad thing. And Connor Sheary, uh, his knock is that he's inconsistent, right? And so he's not always as hot as possible. Uh, but I think he's a lock to play on the left wing side of Jack Eichel. Uh, I think he'll do well there. Uh, the other thing from Pittsburgh side is he didn't have a spot in the lineup. Let's be perfectly blunt here. They want to get Daniel Sprong in. Dominic Simone has played really well. Uh, they just locked up Brian Rust. Uh, Jake Gensel is one of our wingers who's not going anywhere anytime soon. And so Shiri just didn't have a spot. Um, and so to pay him $3 million to sit up in the press box, that's just not going to work. Uh, and I think the, the deal works all around. If Shiri produces for, for Buffalo, that fourth round pick becomes a third rounder. It's like 20 goals or 40 points, uh, which he's certainly capable of doing. So I think it's a great deal for both sides. Uh, one interesting point I, uh, I saw in an article about this trade is Connor Sheary has played 57 playoff games in his three years in the league. The Buffalo Sabres haven't played a single playoff <laughs> game in the last seven years. So having uh, even a young guy with some extra playoff experience is going to be really good for him. Yeah. And the other condition, it's a two prong conditional pick uh, that could move into a third rounder. The other condition is if Matt Hunwick is uh, traded away before next June's draft, then the tr pick also could become a third rounder. So there's two conditions there. So that's a sample of what we want to do with each of the 31 teams that we will cover off before we get into some of the names in free agency. So we'll go back and forth just to highlighting the current uh, cap situation using a site uh, that has a, a list of all the contracts that are signed and can tell us the amount of money left. So let's begin it with a team that is closest to the cap limit uh, on the upper side and that's the Los Angeles Kings who've committed just a shade over 76 million dollars to 20 contracts that means they have three more available spots to fill in in terms of their uh, NHL roster and four names are listed among their top uh, unsigned players right now as UFAs they include Toby Ryder, Tori Mitchell, Kevin Gravel and Christian, Christian Foling. I expect that they'll probably take a crack at signing uh, at least one of the two young def uh, young defenders there because this is one of the older teams in the league and they got a little bit older when they signed Ilya Kovalchuk, Kovalchuk AJ. Yeah, I, I think they might, but um, at the same point, they've got some younger guys who, who they might decide to step in uh, there instead. They've got Paul Ledoux, 25-year-old. He's a restricted free agent. Um, you know, he, he could slot in. He played a little bit of time. Offensively, Michael uh, Amadio could slot in as well. Uh, so they have some guys in the system, and so I think they might primarily go that route. Uh, Tobias Ryder is moving on. They decided not to offer him uh, a tender. So that's why he's going to be a UFA uh, on Sunday instead of a, a restricted free agent. So I'm not sure any of these four guys are going to be back. I think they'll backfill uh, with some of the younger guys, but maybe uh, maybe a guy like Gravel 
or, or, or maybe they do go full. And I, I don't think it's a bad call on your side. Um, heading into the next team, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're just a titch over 74 mil. Uh, spent on uh, t- as well as spent on 20 contracts it gives them five million in space which is why uh, it's almost impossible that this team would be in the Tavares hunt I know their name has come up but they'd have to get rid of somebody pretty big here uh, you look at what they've got and I think their three contracts are pretty much going to come from their RFAs that they got out there Adam Earn, Cedric Paquette and Slater Koku uh, they might take a run at Andre Schuster I think they'll let Chris Kunitz go there's a lot of talk that a hand handful of teams are in the market to try and sign Kunitz uh, and it doesn't sound like Tampa's going to be one of them so uh, I, I think they're in a good spot I think they've got young guys that are pretty much rat, uh, locked up that they'll spend that five mil on and get to their 23 pretty easily but I don't see John Tavares going to this team I know we've talked about that a lot but this is one of the teams rumored to be filling that spot yeah we saw the magic that Steve Eiserman pulled off to get uh, the other contracts under the cap I just don't see how they would fit the island captain into this mix but it's uh one of six teams that allegedly is in the running but uh i like your call here on the on the filling in with the rfas here it makes some sense to me they'll come in cheap and kunitz probably possibly could go over to your penguins i'm hearing that as well aj they're looking to sign the veteran for as little as a million dollars for the 38 year old so that's the situation there we talked a little bit about the penguins already so i don't know if there's anything more that we can add but their situation is uh, one right now with their 71 million dollars committed they have 18 players signed and so about eight million dollars to spend kunitz as i said is one of the possibilities carter rowney a depth forward tom kunhackel another possibility as a ufa jamie alexiak to me is an intriguing possibility as an rfa aj but uh, you're the penguins guy why don't you tell me what you think yeah, Jamie Alexiak is definitely going to be back. Uh, the the GM there, Rutherford, has been very clear that they're they're nearing a deal on that. Um, I honestly would be surprised if we didn't hear about it by the end of the weekend. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, I think Tom Kunackel's gone. I don't know if Carter Rowney is going to be back. There's a ton of young guys that they want to try out in this system. Uh, the biggest question mark that you mentioned is Chris Kunitz. Uh, he would have to take a discount at the end of the day to yeah. play for the Penguins. It sounds like he's getting some offers that are a little bit higher than they'd be willing to go uh so really it just comes down to where he wants to play at that point um heading outside of uh the penguins you uh next team on our list is going to be the florida panthers 71 million here spent on 20 contracts so pretty uh pretty good amount of room here you're looking at eight million for about three guys that they need to sign uh, a handful of RFAs here in Jared McCann, Frank Vetrano. I think both those guys will be back for sure. Alex Petrovich and Mackenzie Weger. Uh, Weger is probably the only one of these guys I could maybe see them deciding not to re-sign. But uh, in today's NHL, you don't really have a lot of teams competing over RFAs. It's kind of hands off my RFAs and I'll stick to my guys. You don't really see that a ton. Uh, Connor Brickley is the question mark here. Going to be a UFA uh, versatile player, can kind of play any anywhere uh, in the lineup just 26 year old uh, but hasn't shown a ton um, as much as I think they were hoping out of him ultimately I think they'll keep him um, but he could get some offers from some teams that have a little bit more cap room uh, that want to give him a shot there so that's kind of how I see Florida breaking down yeah I agree with you I think Connor Brickley is an intriguing prospect there Frank Vetrano a forward that I thought was going to be more more of a useful fit uh, as an RFA 
they probably get him on the cheap if, if he wants to come back there. Jared McCann is a guy who moved up as high as first and second line minutes, so you can bet that they're going to take a, a real long look at the 22-year-old, and I'm sure they're going to find a way to get him back in the lineup. But we're starting to get into teams that have a little more cap space and some flexibility there. The Hawks are next in line. They have committed $70 million, and some of the big dollars kick in right this uh, this year. Again, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves using up $21 million of their cap. They have to sign six more players with that $10 million, so it could be tight there, but one of the things that they have in, in their back pocket is the Marion Hossa uh, injury reserve situation. They can have that money come off the books when this once the season starts, so that offers them another $5 million in cap space, so really, they have quite a bit of wiggle room and uh, you can bet they're going to go shopping a couple of their rfas uh, they've already distanced themselves from anthony duclair that experiment tells me that this this guy still hasn't gotten rid of some of the off-ice issues and maybe just isn't worth the trouble uh, with an attitude issue perhaps uh, aj if we can be blunt and cut to the core here because at 22 years of age and with the skills that this guy showed in junior i expect that he would have found a spot in chicago as the, as the last gasp so i'm a little bit concerned for him thomas you Jericho is another young guy, 25 years old. It might be more of a better fit there, but uh, they have an opportunity to do some shopping, and I wonder which way they're going to turn. Yeah, the Duclair thing is really interesting. I mean, John Quinville is not one uh, to suffer fools, and so uh, if, if it's not working out off the ice, uh, they're not going to bring him back. Uh, even in the slightest. The one name that keeps popping up here uh, tends to be Cam Ward. Now, I would imagine Ward wants to go to a team uh, that where he can have a shot at a starter. Uh, I do think if they sign Cam Ward, that's going to be a real indication that maybe Corey Crawford is not uh, totally right. I mean, they keep saying he's going to be ready for the season. They're not expecting any long-term impacts. Um, but if you sign a guy like Cam Ward, uh, that, that, sets off a ton of red flags for me. Anton Forsberg, who they have locked in for this year is a capable backup. Uh, so yeah, this team's going to do some shopping. Uh, they might give some younger guys a, a, a test here. Matthew Highmore, Victor Edsel, uh, David Kampf even. Uh, and so that'll fill out the lineup a little bit. These are guys who technically are non-roster players right now, and, and they'll just slot them in. They're on entry-level deals, most of them. So I, I think they'll give some younger guys a look. And that'll really help ease the burden that, you know, you mentioned Kane and Taves racking up those huge contracts. Uh, Brent Seabrook and, and Duncan Keith uh, are making about 13 mil between the two of them. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of money spent in some top end guys. So they will need to backfill with those lower, you know, sub one million dollar contracts uh, heading over uh, to Minnesota. You're looking at a club that's just under sixty nine million uh, spent on uh, twenty four contracts actually right now. So uh, somebody uh, on this list is probably going to have to move down. Uh, I would expect, you know, there's a couple guys on here that are that are technically going to head down for sure. Carson Sousey, uh, Louis uh, Belpito, both of those guys will move down and that'll kind of clear some room. The biggest question here is Matt Dumba and Nick Sealer on defense. And then obviously Jason Zucker, the RFA, uh, what they decide to do with him. Uh, I think they're they're older guys that are going to be UFAs. Matt Collin, Daniel Winnick, these guys just have to make a decision on whether they want to keep playing or not. I think if they do, 
uh, they'll be back in Minnesota. Yeah, there's a, a bunch of guys that you can expect that are signed here. They're going to play in their top minor league affiliate. I'm curious to see whether Ryan Murphy makes the grade here, a local product out of the Toronto area. And he's got one more year to prove himself here before he becomes a UFA. And it's a great opportunity. This has been a, a defense factory in Minnesota for years. And so it's a good, uh, as good an opportunity as this kid's going to find. He's 25 years old now, and it's time to get it right. An offensive defenseman that could really help their power play, I think, if he gets a shot and uh, gets his act together on the ice, could be a real good value for that low amount of money. But it's, it's a team that's got a lot of options because they got a lot of extra cap space despite all this contracts that are signed so we expect some player movement here as no fewer than four or five of the guys that make the grade are still on entry level contracts and could easily be moved up and down between the nhl and ahl affiliates uh, up next we're going to talk talk about the edmonton oilers this is a team that's been up and down the last couple of years and still boasts the best player in hockey in my opinion Connor mcdavid and that 12 million dollar salary cap hit uh, the biggest one in the nhl uh, this team has spent 68 million 500 plus and on 18 contracts they have five more players to sign one of the names that we're hearing in a lot of trade talks is milan lucic so they'd like to get out from under that six million dollar contract if they can't get him to play top six minutes maybe top line minutes they're looking at out of him to justify that salary but i don't see it happening here so you might see his name on the move and uh, they're gonna have to find a way to get uh, ryan strom and anton slepeshev signed uh, a darnell nurse a, an rfa that's going to cost them a bundle i think too to get under contract as well so there's a quick and easy way that i see that most of this money is going to be eaten up I wonder if there's any other prospects you want to highlight, AJ. No, not really. I, I think you kind of tagged uh, the the key guys there. I think uh, the the biggest question mark is they can't commit too much money long term. Uh, they've got Cam Talbot hitting uh, the unrestricted free agency market next year. Uh, now, if he has another bad season, maybe they don't want him back. Um, but I can't imagine that that that's going to be the case. And so uh, they do have to kind of think long term here. Uh, they they probably don't want to spend all ten million of those dollars. I mean, to your point, uh, McDavid, Drysaitel. Lucic and Nugent Hopkins are all signed up uh, for at least the next three seasons. Uh, a couple of those guys for longer got max eight deals. Um, and so, yeah, they, they have some already existing long-term commitments. So it's not like salaries coming off the books next year. Uh, so they probably won't uh, try and reach that cap just so they can save some money, maybe just one year deals for guys stuff like that so um an interesting kind of future thinking that they have to consider uh we head over to boston that's at 67 and a half million spent on 18 contracts so that leaves them just under 12 to get five more guys here uh there are a bunch of really kind of intriguing ufas here uh they've got riley nash tommy wingles uh rick nash actually uh and nick holden actually the defender uh, that they brought in not to mention anton kudobin also an unrestricted free agent so they have a lot of guys uh that could be walking out the door and the the problem with the unrestricted free agent guys you know they may want to stay but if you can only offer them two and somebody else is offering them four mil i don't think they're going to stay around for that sort of discount so uh it'll be interesting to see what happens in boston yeah i'm pretty sure you can say that the door is held open for rick nash he won't be back at 34 years of age uh, there's rumbles that he might wind up in columbus where he started his career that seems to be a real good fit given the size
guys that he brings to the table and that team's all about the big rugged wingers as we know but the alarming thing for me is the Bruins have no fewer than eight guys that they've committed to who are over 30 years of age and they're starting to get long in the tooth like Los Angeles they're in win now mode and being one of the suitors for John Tavares I'm not sure that he he takes a look at the situation any differently than I am that's saying this team might not be one that hangs around the top of the league they might have to be retooling at some point and he knows too much about that from his time in on the island there so uh, apart from maybe re-signing a couple of these guys I don't see many of them coming back and uh, the Bruins have to go shopping elsewhere to make things fit uh, up next we'll talk about the Nashville Predators perennially it seems one of the NHL's top teams they have committed over 67 and a half million dollars to 19 players they have four more to sign a couple of them are, are uh, RFAs on their roster a couple more uh, UFAs you won't see uh, Scott Hartnell back here or Alexi Emlin is an intriguing one for me too on that defense but it's a pretty deep defense they've got seven veterans already signed there so maybe they won't uh, have Emlin back uh, his star probably a little bit on de- in decline um, and in terms of uh, other possibilities you look in the minors and there's got to be a handful of guys that are threatening to do- join the fold but AJ what do you think about the mix here in, on the uh, Nashville roster well I think you're right on with uh, with Alexi Emlin he's not going to be back uh, I, I would be shocked if he was uh, you've got younger guys in Anthony Beto uh, and, and Yannick Weber who have been pushing for minutes uh, and I think uh, you'll see them move on. They're not going to commit the kind of money that Emlyn's going to want here. Uh, obviously, they need to lock up uh, UC Saros. They tendered him just to make sure they didn't lose him. I think the interesting thing here uh, is the Nick Benino contract. You know, they paid him $4.1 million to be a second line center. And that really has not worked out. Now they're paying him 4.1 to be a third line center while also paying Kyle Turris $6 million a year. Uh, so that's that's a big, big amount uh, spent down the middle, which, you know, it's it is worth it when those guys pay off. Um, but that's that's a lot for a third line center and a, a little too steep, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, Emil Peterson is going to get a look here as well. If he pans out, then you're pushing Nick Panino down to a fourth line, and that's way too much money here. Uh, so we'll see how that all ends up shaking out. Uh, they have a deep system that that is really good. Um, Alex, uh, Alexander Carriers, another defensive prospect that could challenge for some time as well, and all but I think guarantees Alexi Emelin is gone. We move on to the Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals, who are at just over $67 million with about 12 left to spend uh there was some immediate concern when they didn't tender Devonte smith pelly uh but he has re-signed for another year at a cool million dollars uh that's gonna that that's kind of a steal for his the style of right. play that they want to use getting him for a million dollars obviously he thinks they have a chance to win again uh tom wilson is an rfa as is travis boyd uh madison bowie on the on the back line as well i think all those guys will resign and they'll be back I don't think any one of them is going to cost them too much money. Tom Wilson could end up being around three to four mil, um, but they have, uh, you know, they do have a ways to go despite having 12 million in room. They do need six more contracts here. 
uh, free agent wise, Jay Beagle. I, I doubt he'll be back, but, but that one, uh, is a big question mark for me. Alex Chason, I think they would like to have back, but he could garner uh, a higher paycheck elsewhere. So, um, some, some intriguing options here, some guys that could move up in the, the minors, but nobody that really jumps off the page at me right away. Yeah. And in addition, we're going to look to the caps. Uh, they'll be focusing on their blue line. They've only got four guys signed right now. You mentioned Bowie as a restricted free agent, Michael Kempney and Jacob Jerebek are two other veterans who've been here before on the left side of the defense and uh, they're 27 years of age. I could see them signing one of these guys and maybe go shopping for another one. Uh, I don't know if they'll bring both of these guys back but uh, in goal also they have a situation where they have uh, a Russian prospect, a high draft pick a couple of years ago, Samsonov who is going to be pushing for the backup role uh, against Phoenix Copley. They've got a couple of really good options there behind Braden Holtby, and uh, those will have to be cheapies because they need to spend money elsewhere to round out their offense and defensive situations in Washington. In terms of the next team that we're going to look at, it's the Anaheim Ducks. They have 17 players signed for a total of 65 and million dollars they need six more contracts to be filled in and they have a whole host of ufas and rfas among their forward and defense contingent let's pick away at some of the names i like antoine vermette uh, a little bit but not uh, at 35 years of age maybe not the best option there Derek grant to me is a guy that i think they've got to take a look at as a ufa 28 years old Andre Case, uh, he had some time as a top six forward last year too, and an RFA, he's probably going to get re-upped, and uh, I think think you can make a similar case for Nick Ritchie, who's also played up and down that lineup, so uh, among their uh, free agents, those are the top forward options. Brandon Montour is going to be the guy that breaks the bank on the blue line i think uh, he's he's sitting there as an rfa for 20 uh, 24 years of age but had a breakthrough season last year that tells me that he belongs in the top four here and he'll be paid accordingly so i, I think much of what remains is going to be eaten up by him and a couple of those forward possibilities yeah i definitely agree and and uh, you know again this is another team that kind of has to look to the future uh they're paying john gibson just 2.3 million dollars this year a combined 4.3 million on goaltenders between him and ryan miller uh there's plenty of teams out there that are paying their starting goaltender well over 4.3 million dollars uh and so gibson's gonna need a new deal next year uh so a lot of these RFAs, or I'm sorry, UFAs that they sign, they might only limit them. Uh, they might be offering one-year deals in order to have money that comes off next year so that they can pay John Gibson uh, the long-term deal. And he's going to want to get paid, that's for sure. He's been a great netminder for them uh, for the last couple of years, and he's making significantly less than his, uh, you know, his peers in the league. And so expect him to get a big paycheck. Uh, that's something they may even consider doing once July 1st comes around. They can get that locked in. Uh, they can start negotiating that that future deal. So they may try and do that right away. Uh, St. Louis will be our next club, just a hair under 63 million. Projected cap space here is about 16 and a half. Uh, and you, you look at this lineup, most of their kind of best guys are locked in here. Uh, Tarasenko, Steen, uh, Schwartz, all three of those guys are in for another three years. Uh, the question mark, biggest one for me is Robbie Fabry has dealt with those knee injuries. 
you know, what is his value going to be here? He's an RFA. I think they want him back, but he's probably going to be asking way more than they're going to be willing to offer with the concerns about that knee. Uh, Dimitri Jaskin, Oscar Sunquist, both these guys, RFAs, they'll be back for sure, I think. Uh, won't garner the, the price tag that Robbie Fabry gets. Blue line, you're looking at Jordan Schmaltz and Joel Edmondson as RFAs. I think they'll be back as well. You know, that. You look at the contracts they have right now, there's a couple of these guys that could kick down to the minors if they re-sign Schmaltz and Edmondson. To Edmondson. Uh, and then, again, Carter Hutton is a name that's passing around a lot. I think he's going to want a starting job. Uh, I don't see him coming back here, so they may have to go hunting for a netminder. Um, they do have Vili Husso, uh, who's gotten a look uh, you know, in their minor system, but uh, they may want somebody a little more uh, experience than that to back up Jake Allen. So that's kind of how I see it. I think you'll probably be on the same page with me as far as Robbie Fabry go. Yeah, no question. He's coming back from an injury situation. I haven't heard anything about how healthy he is. It was a serious injury that he incurred that cost him all of last season pretty much. And uh, Carter Hutton for me, uh, looking for that first line job. Uh, there's a few openings, one in Detroit possibly, and another in Buffalo, but uh, those are the two names that leap out to me in terms of thinking where he might wind up. Uh, up next, we are going to take a look at the Columbus Blue Jackets and mentioned Rick Nash is a guy that's on their radar. Then we're starting to get into a neighborhood where teams are not going to spend to the cap. AJ, this might be one of the first situations where that's really apparent. They've got $62 million committed. They've got 20 contracts signed, so they're looking to fill in around the fringes of their roster. Boone Jenner and uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand, guys that have played top nine minutes here in the past, are going to get a long look as restricted free agents who they'll try and re-sign. Ryan Murray on defense, probably the third guy, but Jack Johnson is listed here as a UFA, but you mentioned it already. He's earmarked for the Penguins, so that's one uh, name that's accounted for, and that leaves a couple of guys like Taylor Chorney and Ian Cole as uh, possibilities on the UFA market for teams that are looking for defenders that might not fit here. Yeah, you look further down, uh, you know, they did uh, make the trade for, for J.F. Berube, uh, he'll probably challenge Jonas Corposalo for that backup role. Uh, Sergei Bogrovsky is obviously going to be the starter. I think Jack, uh, Jeff Zatkoff is out the door here. Uh, and I agree. I think they're definitely going to look at, at re-signing Ian Cole and Taylor Chorney, uh, as well as Ryan Murray. I think all three of those guys are going to compete here to, to get a spot back. Uh, looking ahead, Zach Wierenski is going to get paid next year. He's still on his entry-level deal, so they do have to save a little bit money there. I think the most intriguing thing here is the question mark with Artemi uh, Panarin. He has been very hesitant to sign a long-term deal with them, and they may decide that they want to move him. If they do, that frees up not only $6 million in additional room that they really don't need. He's the second highest paid player on this team behind Bobrovsky. So uh, this would be a team that would have just a ton of money to spend. And honestly, I think their willingness, their cap space that they have, especially if they traded away Panarin, would put them in a situation where they could kind of make life tough for a lot of other teams, specifically other metropolitan division teams by spending up more money than other clubs are willing to pay. Uh, and they don't have a ton of spots that they really need to fill to your point. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. They may be one of those clubs that pays a guy 
uh, a little bit too much money you kind of see the deal shake your head a little bit uh <laughs> heading over to buffalo we talked about the trade for connor sheary he's going to cost him three million dollars i think he's going to play with jack eichel i think it'll be a good fit for them overall a great deal uh they're at 61 million spent 18 and a half in uh space now their roster size listed here is only 15 to 23 so they got a lot of spots to fill uh goaltending is the big question mark here they already said that they're not going to bring robin lerner back he's basically out the door i imagine they'll sign chad johnson and they might just they may not bring anybody else in they may give linus olmark the starting job and and let him kind of run for it um i i think they do have some younger guys that they want to try out they're gonna hopefully get some savings here uh when they ship matt molson out uh he's you know a five million dollar hit for a non-roster player is a is a pretty big uh price tag and they're looking to get rid of him as quickly as possible so uh i i think there's some definite question marks here uh, a lot of their guys uh victor antipin they said they aren't bringing back I think they do definitely want to get Scott Wilson, the UFA sign, Sam Reinhardt, an RFA. He'll get a deal. Uh, I'm not totally sold that they're going to bring Josh Georges back, especially with the trade for Hunwick. Uh, you don't need two 33-year-olds on the, the team. Just one will do. And then obviously this doesn't factor in Rasmus Dahlin, who hasn't signed a contract yet. He won't cost him much. He'll be on an ELC, but he'll definitely be one of the guys on their blue line here. Yeah, you mentioned the blue line situation. They've already got six veterans signed here. So Justin Falk's another one you can add to the list that might not make the grade back in Buffalo unless he really takes less than what they're paying, $1.6 million to Jake McCabe. And uh, the goalie situation is one that bears watching here. And I think you're right. They're going to have the early look go to the guy that they have in the system and hope that he makes the grade to uh, fill that key opening in Buffalo. Up next, then we're going to take a look. We're we're at the Montreal Canadiens, and this is a team that uh, was thought to be in the mix for the John Tavares situation. I'm thinking Bergevin needs to make a big splash this summer, but it might be in terms of players going out the door instead of in. Max Pacioretty has been uh, hotly rumored as a guy that's on the movies in the last year of a contract that has a $4.5 million cap hit, and he has his designs on being near an ocean somewhere, whether it be in Florida or California. Uh, that's the two priorities that he has in mind. <laughs> and I wonder if he'll be accommodated, but it'll be another uh, big change in the Montreal roster. They have lots of room to, to sign players. They have 21 guys signed already. So they have probably their eyes on Philip Deneau and a guy who played top six minutes as much as the number one center a good part of the year he'll be a big concern to get locked up at 25 years of age Jacob De La Rose another RFA young guy that they're pinning some hopes on offensively Daniel calls Carr has already been uh, told he won't be coming back. Logan Shaw, probably another guy that in the same boat. Alex Hemsky, that ship has sailed at 34 years of age. He's been fooling people for years on one-year contracts, AJ. <laughs> so he won't get another one there in Montreal. They, they got a lot of guys signed up on defense. They got eight names locked up there. So I don't think they'll be looking to upgrade on the blue line. And in goal, your guy, Antti Niemi, uh, he's going to be well worth the $950,000 they paid last year if they can do what he did last season. McCary Price kicks in at $10.5 million. And there's the rub, AJ. They got him and they got Shea Weber locked up for the next several seasons. 
season is totaling about $18 million, and I think it's for two guys whose best years are behind them. Uh, Price through no fault of his own, really, because he's a great goalie, but on a bad team, and and his numbers are going to suffer, and I just don't see that contract paying off. So uh, Bergevin's going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat in this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody in Montreal that honestly thought Tavares was going to come to this team is is downright delusional. Uh, the, it just wasn't going to happen. He's not going to go from one club where he can't get any help to another. Um, I, you know, it's yeah, I think you've kind of said everything you can on this team to know is who they're going to resign. Shea Weber, they obviously just need to get him on the ice. I think that would help make his seven point eight million dollar hit worth it in that sense. Um and yeah, they've got some young guys that that are on defense, but they're on ELCs for a couple of years. And in, in Noah Yuslin and Victor Mete, uh, I think both those guys will be back. Uh, you know, or not back, but both of those guys will get paid down the road yeah. and are going to contribute this year. Uh, this is a team that maybe moves somebody that they have under contract just to clear a spot in the lineup for those guys. Not necessarily a money situation, but somewhere for them to play. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. We head over to the San Jose Sharks, who, for all intents and purposes, I think should be considered uh, kind of the leaders in the clubhouse for the Tavares race. Uh, they've got 60, 60.6 spent, and that leaves them with 18, uh, 18, almost 19 million left to go. They only need four contracts. You figure they're going to give about 12 and a half of that, uh, ideally in their in their situation, 12 and a half of that uh, to uh, Tavares. And then from there, you know, you look down their lineup. Uh, I don't think they'll be too sad if Yannick Hansen doesn't resign. Thomas Hurdle does need a contract, but it shouldn't break the bank. I'd expect two to three million on that one. Uh, Jumbo, I think, is just going to wait. He's going to say, hey, sign Tavares, get Hurdle, you know, whoever else you need and whatever is left, a million, two million send it my way i don't think he's really looking to move i think he just wants to keep playing uh chris tierney another kind of depth forward guy that's an rfa i think uh they'll keep him around joel ward is kind of an intriguing question here uh he'd be a guy that you would probably get for a million if they can fit him in uh but he is 37 years old uh they may not want to pay that much obviously they do have to factor in the the fact that they are uh, they did buy out Paul Martin's contract, so they saved some money this year. Uh, and then defensively, they're pretty locked in, and that might clear room for Dylan DeMello. So really, uh, it's a team that doesn't have a lot of pieces to add. So I think that gets them into the the you know the chase for Tavares. They've got great talent already. Uh, the bigger question mark looking ahead ends up being Logan Couture and Joe Pavelski, both veteran guys uh, that are making six million a piece this year that are going to be UFAs next year. So I think there's there's more question marks in this club looking ahead, but their win now, especially if they get Tavares. No, okay, I'm a Leaf fan. I admit that. <laughs> and I hear you say they're the leader in the clubhouse, but I, I turn a Spocky and I up when I see the, some of the ages on these guys. They're definitely in win-now mode, maybe in win-yesterday mode, when you consider their top three defensemen at the pay window are all over 30 years old. And you mentioned Jumbo Joe, Joe Pavelski, Logan Couture's 29, making the turn. So they really got to get it done ASAP. They've got the goaltending situation locked up with Joan, Jones and Dell, one of the top tandems in the NHL. So there's a lot of strength in a lot of positions, but there's a lot of age relative to some of the other teams here. And uh, boy, I hope JT takes a long look at that situation. And it could be just a lot of sun tanning that he does there if this team misses <laughs> the boat and gets out of the playoff picture 
like I think they might in the next couple of years uh, be looking at a bit of a rebuild situation. So that's my commercial for the Leafs part one. <laughs> we'll take a look next. The Ottawa Senators, and boy, this has been a tire fire all summer long. They had the issue with uh, with uh, the controversy between two players there and their their wives and girlfriends getting involved in, in the Eric Carlson situation. Uh, Hoffman's been dealt away. You wonder if Carlson's next to go. They have five players left to sign. They have about $19 million to do it with. I don't see how... Eric Carlson returns here, AJ. So that $6,500,000 contract that he's playing out this year, I think you're going to see him in another jersey before too long. And really, that's going to stock the shelves for what is missing on the Ottawa roster. I'm sure they're going to try and fix up their defense. They've got Cody Cece and RFA who needs to be paid. Mark Stone's going to hit it big at the pay window too, eating up a lot of what remains in terms of their contract situation. They've got a couple of other projects on the one-year list here. Magnus Pajarvi, another guy that's been fooling teams for years, managing to hang around the league, not living up to his draft hype at all. Ryan Dezingle is a guy who I think could get paid here eventually in the last year of a $1.8 million contract. They do have some more flexibility because of the Clark MacArthur situation. He's going to probably go on LTIR and the two years that he has left at $4.6 million gives them more flexibility there as well. Their goaltending situation, murky at best, with Craig Anderson saying he wants out. This is a guy who's been a solid citizen and really the heart and soul of this team for years, but when he says, I'm done, that really, really raises some concerns for me, and you wonder which way the Senators might turn to fix their issues. Yeah, I mean, if Craig Anderson and Eric Carlson uh, jet, you're looking at uh, just over $11 million that frees up. Now, obviously, players coming the other way will have contracts that will eat some of that up, but I can't imagine uh, that they would spend all of that right away. Uh, you mentioned it being a dumpster fire. Alex Burrows is going to eat up $2.5 million, uh, after they bought him out. They're still paying Dion Phaneuf $1.75 million a year for the next three seasons, uh, eating up some cap space. So I really, you know, I don't know what this team is going to do. I, from everything that I've read, it sounds like uh, the the uh, the books outside of the cap space are questionable at best. So this may end up being a club that looks more at hitting the the roster floor or the cap floor and trying to save some money on that side uh, than anything else especially if they lose Eric Carlson. So um, we go from one potential roster floor team to another in the Arizona Coyotes. This is a team that just, for whatever reason, is always uh, shooting for the floor and not for the ceiling. They're at $60 million spent and already have 20 of 23 contracts here. So they've got $20 million that they could spend on like three guys plus another five and a half. They still have that Dave Bolin contract kicking around. They'll save uh, some money from uh, LTIR there. I mean, you look at their current roster, and I'm noting six guys uh, that are still on ELCs, and that's just the forwards. They've got uh, Jacob Chisharin, who's an ELC on on the back end as well. Um, you know, you I think they'll re-sign Brad Richardson because he's an assistant, you know, assistant captain there, alternate captain, whatever term you want to use. Zach Ronaldo, uh, I think he'll get a contract from them as well, although he may try to find greener pastures. The one player I think they absolutely need to try and sign up is Luke Shen. I think he's done a pretty good job in their blue line for them. Uh, they paid Kevin Connaughton yesterday for 1.3, almost 
2.4 for two years. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out down the road. Maybe they're just underspending because they know they have all these ELC contracts that they're going to have to pay out down the road. Although outside of Clayton Keller, maybe Larson Krause, I'm not sure how many of these guys are going to warrant big time contracts uh, coming around. Yeah, and Darcy Kemper is probably one of the smartest guys in hockey. He gets to be the backup goalie in the Phoenix area uh, for $1.8 million. That's a pretty nice stipend for a backup goalie. I don't know how he scored that one with one decent season on his recent resume and a bunch of murky ones with injury issues uh, in previous years. So maybe he's fooled some people into some big money there in Arizona, in my opinion. But you're right. They have a lot of guys on ELCs, a lot of flexibility. And you just wonder if this is a team that will ever spend a little bit more than uh, the part midway point between the cap floor and, and the midpoint. There seem to be always at the bottom end of the salary table. And that's maybe why they're at the bottom of the standings more often than not. Wonder how Galchenyuk's going to work out over there, too. Uh, Dallas Stars up next. They're also a player in the D- JT uh, sweepstakes. They've only got 14 guys signed, $59 million committed, almost $60 million committed. They have Antoine Roussel as an RFA, a UFA. They have Dan Hamhus and Greg Patteron. Hamhus uh, probably expendable at 35 years of age. Patteron is a guy they probably will sign, but it's the uh, R- RFAs probably. Gemmel Smith, Devin Shore is a guy that I think they'll take a long look at. Matthias Janmark as well will hit the pay window, and they need to find a backup goalie behind Ben Bush Bishop, and I'm suggesting they better get a guy who has a pretty decent track record because Bishop has been banged up over the last little while, and... Uh, at $4.9 million, they really got to get some quality in behind him. He's also 31 years of age, so maybe he'll, they'll be one of the players in the uh, Carter Hutton sweepstakes or goalies of that ilk. Robin Leonard might be another guy they take a look at. Well, this club is actually doing Montreal a favor. It's probably why Antti Niemi was willing to only take uh, $950,000 this year because they're still paying Niemi $1.5 million from his buyout history. Uh, it's bad enough you have to pay Niemi to be on the ice, much less not even be on your team. Uh, sorry, at some point I will get over this and let Antti Niemi like, get back to not being bashed by me constantly. Um, I I do think all three of those RFAs you mentioned, uh, Smith, Shore, and Janmark, I think they'll all be back. I I see the, you know, you see the cap space number. It's just under 20 million. And so you kind of think, well, yeah, obviously they could bring in Tavares in there, uh, but they're just so far away from filling out their roster that I have, I question whether the math is going to work out now. uh, Miro Heiskanen, the defender, uh, European, he's been playing in Europe, 18 year old defender. He's going to be with the club this year, uh, and is going to cost them just under 900,000. Uh, so that'll save them some money and fill out a contract for him. Uh, but you look down the rest of their lineup and there's not a ton of other guys here, uh, in their system, Dylan Heathering, uh, Heatherington, I think Jason Dixon, uh, Remy Ellie are guys that they probably will resign, but they're not going to be big contracts. So maybe they do have enough. I I'm not convinced they have enough in the minors to really fill out the roster without having to pay up for a couple, uh, free agents here, but we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, we head over to Detroit. Who's at, uh, just under 59 million here, 20 and a half to spend, uh, looking at their, their lineup. There's three big question marks for them that are going to eat up that, uh, that 20 million real quick. You've got Dylan Larkin needs a contract. Anthony Mantha needs a contract. 
And then Andre, uh, Andreas Athanasio also needs a deal. He's always a big question mark. And then there's the Mike Green uh, situation, whether or not they bring him back or not. Uh, I think they have the money to do it, even though those three guys I mentioned are all going to get pretty decent deals here, or at least should. Uh, I think they should have enough to bring Green back if they want to. It's a question of whether they do. Uh, This club does need a a backup goaltender, uh, but I think they've got uh, no. You know, I thought they had somebody before uh, that I was thinking that I'm not seeing anybody there that could really fill in right away as far as I'm concerned. So they'll probably be in the market for somebody here uh, to back up Jimmy Howard, who's uh, making about 5.3 at 34 years of age for one more season. Yeah. Yeah, if they want to stay in-house, they've got a choice between Jared Corot, who we've been high on in the past, and Tim McCollum, Tom McCollum, who are both... Uh, there he is. I miss Corot. You're right. <laughs> up, up there in age, but they've been in the system for a while. and They need a placeholder behind Howard. He'll be a workhorse for another year, but it is the last year of his deal. Mike Green, I think he's got a foot out, two feet out the door here. AJ, I think he's wanting to be uh, on a contending team. That's just not happening in Detroit. So they've got five guys on the blue line that are signed, and they'll be looking to fill in that situation. They do have a little bit of flexibility because of the fact that Johan Franzen's contract is still looking like an LTIR situation, so that could get them another $4 bucks to play with as well. Up next, we're going to go to the Colorado Avalanche. This team made some great strides back in the playoff hunt last year. They've got six guys on ELCs uh, that are making the grade up front, but they want to fix up that uh, forward complement. You wonder if they're going to get Niall Yakupov another look. I've heard that they're going to distance themselves from him. He's a UFA again. Matt Nieto is a guy probably who will get a situation that, that's favorable in uh, Colorado. He's an RFA. Blake Como is at 32 years of age, hoping to get another deal there, but uh, their complement at forward is pretty full. On defense, you can say the same thing. They got seven names signed. Patrick Nemeth at 26 years of age is their only RFA on the blue line. In goal, they have Varlamov and Grubauer in the mix, and you wonder what that means for Jonathan Bernier. I think he's going to be looking for work elsewhere, so that's that's a few of the question marks there uh, on the Colorado situation from my perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Bernier is out the door, unfortunately, and and the only way I see them bringing him back is if they were to trade Simeon Varlamov, and I, I don't know that they're going to. Uh, I think maybe as part of their their deal with Grubauer, they said, hey, look, uh, we're going to let Varlamov play out the last year of his contract, but we'll pay you. I mean, 3.3 for a backup is pretty high, um, but maybe he's willing to wait one more year uh, to get that extra money. We'll see how it shakes out there, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Varlamov get sent on his way, which would open the door for them to re-sign Bernier. Um, I think this is a team mostly looking ahead to the future. Uh, you mentioned those are those uh, ELC guys, uh, a couple of them that are definitely going to, you know, take up some cap uh, in the future. Uh, going to be our phase next year of Vladislav Kamenov, uh, Tyson Yost, JT Comfer, Miko Rantanen, Alex Kerfoot, even Dominic uh, Tonado. Uh, he's probably the lowest of those, those six guys, but, They've got some money that they're going to need to spend in the future. Uh, They may try and lock these guys up to deals now. uh, And, you know, once free agency kicks and they're a year out. So we'll see how it shakes out. But they're looking pretty good. A lot of cap space without a lot of need here. Uh, So maybe they try and make a big splash somewhere, uh, maybe an extra score or something like that. Uh, Heading on uh, to the other side of uh, 
Pennsylvania. We look at the Philadelphia Flyers. They're at uh, just under 58 million with 21.7 left to spend. Uh, and, you know, they're at 17 of 23 contracts. Most of that is going to end up, I think, having to be on the blue line here. Uh, they're they're going to let Peter Mrazek walk. That's not surprising when you consider that both Elliott and Newberth are under contract next year. They're paying those two a combined 5.2 million. Uh, again, a lot of teams are paying uh, a lot of net miners, you know, just to start or more than that, but they've only got four defensemen under contract. Uh, Ivan Provorov is on his ELC. He's going to need money down the road. Robert Hag is one that they're going to get. I would expect them to try and get Brandon Manning back. I think Johnny Oduya is probably going to walk here. Uh, they do have some young talent here that they want to take a look at. Uh, obviously, at some point, uh, you know, Samuel Morin is going to get healthy. Uh, you know, that'll probably be midseason. Uh, TJ Brennan's another young guy. So they might try and fill out the defense mostly with youngsters, but they have the money to make a splash. Uh, Mike Green might not be a bad option here if he does leave Detroit. I think it's the biggest area of concern for this team right now uh, on, on what they need. Uh, they've got Konechny and, and Patrick who are, you know, under uh, ELCs that are playing big minutes for them. So uh, really, for me, I think defense is a big question. Yeah, and I'm st- I'm st- kind of scratching my head about why Wayne Simmons' name is in a number of contract. I mean, uh, trade rumors around this team. He's only on the books for 3.97, but it's the last year of his deal. He's only 29 years old. And I tell you what, AJ, whenever I see this guy play, I think, boy, he combined speed and the uh, size and a real good power forward and you know i got a lot of time for guys like this so it's kind of a head scratcher for me that he's got uh, a lot of trade rumors around his name jory latera is a guy who they've uh, got f- out foxed here into taking him onto this roster 4.7 million dollars that's a big cap hit for a guy who's best scoring years are well behind him so a couple of issues there among the forwards that uh, make me wonder uh, they've also got wheel and raffle a uh, one year away as pending ufas but uh, i'm intrigued by some of the guys in their my in their minor leagues or recent drafts morgan frost probably in the, at the top of that list only 19 years old this guy is uh, a scorer everywhere he's been in terms of his early development matthew strome you recognize the last name there from that hockey family another guy that i'll keep an eye on and uh, Mikhail Vorobiev, a third name. These are all guys that are in their late teens or early 20s that should be a part of this mix going forward. On defense, you can add the name Travis Sandheim to that group that should be factoring in to help this team get younger and stay competitive. Uh, the goaltending mix, good hands, uh, in good hands, like you said, with Elliot and Neuvirth. So one year from now, that will be a situation that needs to be addressed as well as they're both pending UFAs. Up next, we're going to go to the Carolina Hurricanes. They've already got one Van Riemsdyk, and the other Van Riemsdyk's name has been linked to them. JVR, one of the guys that they're looking at, they've got plenty of room with $23 million to spend. They've got 15 players signed, so they're going to be shopping. And I think they need some help among the forward ranks because after the top four or five guys, you're getting into uh, guys that are uh, bottom six players on any roster in the league. So they're looking to make an upgrade there. Uh, Derek Ryan, uh, one of the three. Derek Ryan and Joachim Nordstrom probably going to get a look in terms of the UFAs that they might re-sign. Lee Stepniak, 
may be announcing his retirement. 35 years old. I don't see a place for him here. And uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, speaking of Van Riemsdyk, needs to get a new contract. And they need to fill in on the blue line because other than him, they've got only four other guys signed after losing Hannafin in a trade for Dougie Hamilton. That was a swap of uh, top and rear guards. But they need to fill in at the bottom six there. And the, you mentioned Cam Ward not likely to return here. And Scott Darling is looking for a backup goalie uh, behind him. Yeah, I think this club's going to be very active. They've got a lot of money to spend. Uh, they'll test out a handful of, of younger guys, um, but I think ultimately they are going to be uh, big players in the free agent market here. Uh, I think you're right on with the, the Van Riemsdyk uh, combination here, teaming those two fellows up. Uh, you know, And the other thing here is Jeff Skinner's name has been tossed around as a right. possible trade move he's at 5.7 that just frees up that much more cap space um, again they would get something back but I'm guessing they wouldn't spend quite as much so they'll be big players in the market and you know one guy who's looking for a new home is on the next team we'll talk about that's the Winnipeg Jets uh, the second probably biggest free agent out here Paul Stastny could be someone that that Carolina tries to snag they can probably offer him uh, a big big paycheck uh, for the Jets, you're looking at 55 and a half spent on 15 contracts. So a lot of guys need to get paid here, uh, 24 million in space. So they have the room to do it. Now, looking at their RFAs, uh, they tendered a ton of their their young guys here, and I think most of them are going to get uh, contracts here. Brandon Tanev, Joel Armia. Even Marco Dano, who hasn't really played much for them. Adam Lowry will absolutely get paid. On defense, Jakob Truva, Tucker Pullman, Josh Morrissey, all three of those guys will get contract from them. The big, uh, big, big move here is Connor Hellybuck. How much is he going to demand? I think if you look at the contract for Matt Murray, I think that's about what you're going to see for him. Uh, about three, maybe four years in that three to four million dollar range, kind of a a bridge contract you know, give him a couple more years and then he'll make that kind of huge, huge deal in three years there. So that's kind of how I see it. Um, looking further down their lineup, they do have uh, some other young talents uh, that they'll probably fill out with. Uh, I know they're high on Sammy Niku, the defender, uh, Brendan Lemieux, uh, a, a forward option that they could stack up there. Uh, so We'll see. I think everything on this team is on hold until they find out whether or not they can get Stastny back. As I mentioned, they do need to sign Heliobuck uh, to a contract. And then this team does need to save a little bit money. Patrick Line is going to need a new deal next year. Kyle Connor is going to need a new deal as well. So uh, they're not going to spend all of it this season, uh, I would imagine. But they'll they'll definitely make the best offer they can to Paul Stastny. Yeah, I think you're right there. I just wonder if it's going to be enough. And you know that they would love to dump the Steve Mason contract at $4.1 million and uh, take their chances with Michael Hutchison moving back into the backup role behind Hellybuck. That would be a, a great albatross to get rid of and give them some flexibility. You mentioned the issues that they have in terms of signing some real quality here. That's a sign of a good team, though, that has salary cap issues on the horizon. I don't see Paul Stastny fitting into the mix here just because... Uh, there's too many other issues that might be more pressing and uh, that money could be distributed a little bit more uh, evenly, I guess, is what I'm th trying to say. So uh, up next, then we'll go to the Vancouver Canucks. It's funny to see no Sedins on this roster, AJ, and that gives them a lot of flexibility at the salary cap situation. They've got 19 contracts signed, 
four more to get for $24 million. And uh, that'll be taken up by the likes of Vertanen and Berchi up front. For sure, they're going to get the lion's share of that amount. Uh, I wonder if UC Okanen's done enough to stick around there. But at 35 years, I, I have my doubts. Nick Dowd is a center that was kicking around Los Angeles for a while and fit in a little bit uh, with Vancouver could be a good depth forward at only 28 years of age on defense they've got a full complement uh, they've got our Troy Stetcher as an RFA who they like to get locked up as well so really they're going to look in-house to fill in a couple of those spots and may have room to get one UFA out there in, ter- in terms of the shopping opportunity yeah absolutely agree with that kind of uh, breakdown of this club uh, you know they obviously uh, got a huge savings in in the Sedins coming off uh, a good chunk of that is going to go to Vertanen and Bershi, uh and Stetcher. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a club looking mostly in-house. Uh, I do have to chuckle one thing I mentioned. Every time I end up looking at this club, I'm always amazed that they're still paying part of Roberto Luongo's salary <laughs> uh, and will be through the 21-22 season. Now it's just 800000 uh, a year so it's not gonna you know break their cap space or anything but it is just kind of an interesting factoid he's been with uh the the florida for quite a while now um, but still getting paid by vancouver uh, we look at new jersey next 55 million spent 24 more to go 17 guys under contract right here this is a club that has a lot of UFAs that are going to be question marks as to whether they're back here or moving somewhere else. You've got Jimmy Hayes, uh, Michael Grabner, Patrick Maroon, uh, even Brian Gibbons and Drew Stafford. I don't think either of those two guys are going to be back. Uh, Gibbons might uh, be done overall. Stafford uh, pretty much at this point is one of those guys that's going to have to move from team to team uh, in order to, to convince somebody else to give them a deal. Uh, net minding is fine here. They've got Schneider and Kincaid both under contract defensively. You're looking at Steve Santini as their lone RFA on the blue line. John Moore, they might give, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a minor deal here just to see whether he'll stick around or not. Um, I would expect at some point over the summer, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pavel Zaka get an extension. He's got just one year left on his ELC. Uh, and I think all three of their forward RFAs will be back. Miles Woods, Stefan Nosen, Blake Coleman, but nobody's going to break the bank. Uh, so certainly could be in the market uh, for for uh, a couple of free agents here. Plenty of money to spend and not a ton of their own guys that they have to pay up here. Uh, so we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, I think in terms of player movement, you're going to see a lot of players on this list moving to other teams maybe more than any other team in the league just because they have so many pending ufas who are of decent quality that you covered off among the forward ranks so good point by you there the calgary flames uh, have 55 million dollars spent they have 13 players signed so they got some shopping to do and uh, again looks like they're going to take a look inside before they go out they got elias lindholm uh, needs to get paid mark jankowski garnet hathaway maybe a lesser option among the forwards they've got uh, chris stewart tanner glass two tough guys who who are on the back side, back uh, nine let's say of their career i wonder if either one of them gets paid marek rivik at uh, 26 years of age might make more sense matt stajan is uh, long gone i think at 34 years of age kind of uh, at the end of his uh, career uh, it's on defense where they're going to spend some money though they've got to sign noah hannafin they've picked him up in a deal and he's an rfa now so that contract will be done brett kulak another guy that will be hitting the pay window too matt burke 
Gronkowski rounding out that defense should be re-signed in my opinion it's in net that they have a bit of an issue behind Mike Smith there's nobody on the major roster so unless they fill in from their minor league system they'll be shopping for a goalie as well yeah I mean this club definitely needs to bring in a starting netminder here um Boy, you're taking a shot at Mike Smith. (laughs) Holy cow. I'm not going to even let you finish that sentence. (laughs) Uh, No, uh, but as far as backup goes, I think they'll use uh, one of their kind of minor RFAs guys, guys, either John Giles or David Rich. I think either one of those guys will slot in. They're both RFAs, uh, and so they'll sign them to to pretty minor contracts and, and fill in. Uh, behind Mike Smith there but yeah I think Hannafin and and Kulak are the two big signings here I I don't think any uh, Elias Lindholm obviously will get some money um, but they do have Matthew Tuchuk uh, and Sam Bennett who are going to hit RFA status uh, after this season so some uh, forward considerations as well Uh, we head next to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, just worked out. I get to go first, I guess, on the Leafs. Uh, 54.8 spent on 17 guys. You got 24.6 left to go. You're looking at mostly uh, for this year, mostly UFA is on the team. You do have Willie Nylander, who's going to want uh, to get his his cut here. Uh, but after that, uh, it's all unrestricted free agents. Thomas Placanic. Uh, I don't expect him to be back. Tyler Bozak, I think they'll make him an offer. Leo Komarov, same thing. It sounds, uh, you sound pretty convinced that JVR is on his way out. I don't see them bringing Dominic Moore back either, or even Roman Polak. So I, a lot of these UFAs, I, I think, are going to be heading out to other clubs. Um, and so I think they'll be in the market to fill out uh, the rest of their lineup. I'll let you talk if there's any uh, kind of guys in the system that you think they'll fill in. But uh, most of these UFAs, I think, are out the door. Yeah, Nathan Horton's injury situation is another $5.3 million. It gives this team a ton of flexibility. And just another point about the John Tavares situation. The Leafs have been rumored, AJ, to be offering him a one-year max deal, which is something in the order of $15 million. That's simply something that I don't think any other team in the league can do. Uh, given the power of the money that the Leafs have behind them and the flexibility they have at the cap window. Uh, teams may have one aspect, but they don't have both. And the opportunity there is if the calendar turns to 2019, then they can turn around and say, here's another seven-year deal that can uh, fill out the rest of the $90 million that he's looking to get from the Islanders situation. So the Leafs can, in effect, offer more money than almost any, uh, I'm going to say, any other team in the league. If it's all about money for Tavares, they can throw more of it than anybody else right now. And uh, what's what's their blessing is that they're just coming off a Carl, Calder uh, trophy championship in the american hockey league that tells me that they got a lot of prospects back there and uh two defensemen the two swedes that they signed Callie rosen and andreas borgman are candidates for a promotion uh, igor ozaganov another highly regarded uh, defender 25 years old came over last year and uh, uh, will come over this year rather to get his feet wet par lindholm a forward that they're looking at possibly getting into the fourth line situation uh, competing against trevor moore who was one of the big guns for for the marlies uh, one name that i want to highlight among the 
the minor leaguers is Andreas Johnson. He led the playoff scoring for the Marlies, and he's definitely going to get a, a big pay increase. And Martin Marinson, another guy who really honed his craft, uh, was maligned as a defender with the Leafs his, in his first go-around, but really uh, upgraded his game, I found. And so he'll get a long look. And uh, Justin Hull is another guy, a right-shooting defenseman. There's a dearth of them in, around the league. And this guy showed well when he was promoted, scoring two goals in the two games that he played for Toronto last year and really excelled in the second half of the Marley season. So opportunity there. And Garrett Sparks with the goalie of record in the Stanley Cup run, uh, the Calder Cup run, rather, for the Leafs uh, farm system team there. Uh, he'll be uh, competing against Curtis McElhinney for the backup role behind Freddie Anderson. So we'll continue then, and we'll go over to the New York Rangers. This is a team that's not in the John Tavares sweepstakes, and he's discounted them because they're far away from being a contender, AJ. And uh, it's because they need to re-sign many, many players and fill in many, many holes there. It's a team in rebuilding mode. Jimmy Vesey, Vlad Nemestikov, Kevin Hayes, Ryan Spooner. There are four RFAs up front, Ryan O'Gara, John Gilmore, and Brady Shea. He'll be one that gets signed on the defense for sure. They're looking for a backup goal goalie behind Henrik Lundqvist who will hold down the job for the next three years with an 8.5 million dollar cap hit but there's work here to be done and uh, I don't know how they attract some big names here I'm just guessing they're looking for players who are wanting an opportunity to play yeah and I think you'll see a lot of uh, their younger guys in the system uh, coming up I think as far as the backup goes uh, they signed Merrick Mazinek uh, who spent some time in the, the Nashville system. I think he'll get called up. Uh, you know, he's not going to cost him a ton of money. 26 years old uh, has shown he can do a pretty good job. I think he'll get a look. And then long term, uh, you know, I think Alexander Georgiev will get a get a shot at that as well. So a couple of young netminders that I think they'll give a chance here. Uh, Elias Anderson is obviously going to come in and fill out the squad. I think uh Philip Chittle will get a shot as well. So uh, I expect this club to mostly sign, re-sign their RFAs, uh, call up a couple of young guys, and basically just go as young as possible as part of their their retooling, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it, uh, and and see what they have uh, on the guys. I, you know, I think it'll be a great opportunity for some younger guys to get a shot. Uh, maybe a few uh, guys out there who like, like, I'm not saying I've heard anything, but like a nail Yakupov who can be, uh, Oh, I just need another shot in a new place. Uh, that guy seems to always sell that drew Stafford, I think could be another fit as well. Um, so we'll see how it all shakes out, but I think mostly you're going to see this team go pretty young. We head over, uh, to the Western conference champion, uh, golden Knights, uh, 48.5 spent that gives them about 31 uh, available now they do just have 16 to 23 contracts there's there's some pretty big name ufas now there's been some speculation that james neal and david perron are not going to get the type of deals that they want and aren't going to be back with the club uh, i don't think mikhail Gravoski his uh, contract will come off so that'll they won't have to worry about that. Uh, RFA's William Carlson is obviously the big one here, going to get some money. I think they'll re-sign Nosek and, and Carrier as well. Uh, on the blue line, uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. They have Colin Miller and Shea Theodore, both RFA's. I imagine they'll want to keep them around for a little bit longer, but I do see them at least making offers to Lucas Pisa and Clayton Stoner. Now, how they fit into the equation is a little bit of a question mark, and that was the issue with this club when they drafted. A, a lot of questions about how 
they were going to fit all these defensemen in what they were going to do. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, I think Malcolm Subban will probably get an extension here once we hit July 1st. Uh, he's just uh, 650 and is being RFA heading into next year. Um, but yeah, this is a team that has space, uh, could make some offers. Alex took another one that I think will get uh, get an extension once we hit it. He's still on his ELC here. Uh, so we'll see how it all shakes out for them, but uh, some big decisions to make. They've got the room to re-sign Neil and Perron. It's just a matter of whether they want to. I think they should. I don't know if they will. I think both players have indicated that they want to look for another opportunity, AJ, to your point. And they even have more money when you think David Clarkson's contract is going to go to LTIR. That's $5.25 million more that they can spend uh in that regard if anybody wants to go to that uh, wonderful opportunity in vegas to see if they can repeat their run uh finally rounding out the 31 teams it's kind of interesting that we have the islanders at the bottom of the heap 46 million dollars spent on 13 players look at they're all in on john Tavares, and if they get him fine but if they don't boy oh boy i don't know where this team turns They've got a host of uh, UFAs to look at signing. Shane Prince, Alex Quine, Brock Nelson's an RFA that they got to get locked up. Nikolai Kuleman's been a serviceable guy there for a while and should get another look. Chris Wagner, same thing, and Ross Johnson, maybe a, a fringe player that uh, could get a, a low-level entry, uh, low-level contract signed as well. It's defense where they got a lot of heavy lifting to do. They've got only four guys signed. They've got the likes of Calvin DeHaan, Thomas Hickey, both of them potentially uh, there are UFAs that probably are going to be looking at offers elsewhere so I think that's where the heavy lifting needs to be done as I said and I don't see uh, Ryan Pollock being the answer even uh, as an RFA they're probably going to get him signed but he's a bottom uh, paired uh, defender and then in goal they have Thomas Grice locked up but uh, Yara Halak's listed as a UFA and I think they'd like to upgrade on him so a lot of work to be done here and uh, boy, oh boy, I don't know what JT is thinking in terms of going back there because it's going to be a long while before they get uh, they get this ship righted. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, you know, I think it's more of a, a loyalty and comfort situation with him uh, for for sticking around. And, and if another team can really make an offer as far as uh, those kind of uh, X factors, I think is what's going to come down on this because obviously they have the money they can offer him you know whatever basically whatever he wants they can give it to him uh they have the space for it they have the need for it obviously um but i i don't see him going back and i think it's going to cause um a, a little bit of a scramble here on what to do i think the islanders are a team that honestly is going to overpay for a bunch of guys uh give them too much term too much money uh once once Tavares goes elsewhere kind of a panic mode um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how it shakes out. I, I'm, well, I shouldn't say that they do have a, a new, you know, new head of the operation there in Lou Lamorello. He's not one to necessarily panic. So maybe he'll kind of ease it, but uh, definitely under the old guard, I think if uh, Tavares had left, you would see them way overpaying for a lot of people. And now let's turn our attention, AJ, to some of the other free agents who are out there. We mentioned a few of these names here, and I'm going to throw out their names and their stat lines from last year. I want you to tell me, and we'll go back and forth on this, where do you think they're going to sign if you have any kind of a hunch but or what kind of money you think they'll command. So we'll skip Tavares. We know he's going to get a big payday somewhere, but JVR is probably the second 
second guy on the list, and I think he's due for a four- to six-year deal, probably in the neighborhood of six to seven million dollars. Can't fit in in Toronto. I mentioned Carolina as a fit. I wonder how you react to that. Yeah, I, I do think Carolina's probably the front runner. You know, you get that that benefit of having, um, you know, having uh, his brother there. Uh, they have the room for him. So I definitely think that's a, a pretty good fit. Uh, Paul Stastny is going to be the next one. Uh, I would guess he'll get about what he did before, about $7 million. I, I don't see that really ticking up. Probably two to three years, maybe. He's 32, uh, so maybe he'll garner like five years. Uh, I think Winnipeg is probably still the front runner on Stastny just because he obviously wanted to go there. He waived his no trade clause to make sure that move happened. Uh, and so I, I, I see him kind of going there, um, but not sure if, if you see him landing elsewhere, it sounds like. Yeah, I, I wonder about that. I think Stastny has got to be in win now mode, and I don't know if Winnipeg's the best option to get him as much money as he can find. So maybe you might see this guy. They've got a lot of 30-somethings in Boston. Maybe they just add him to the mix there if they're looking to upgrade their offense a little bit. Uh, up next, we got James Neal. You know, I thought Vegas was a great situation for this guy last year. Uh, $5 million was the cap hit. I think he's going to do at least that much because of turning into, uh, well, turning in another pretty good offensive season with the 25 goals he got last year. Another guy that I could see fitting into a Boston or Toronto situation. If the Leafs fail on getting Tavares, they're going to look at upgrading their offense, and maybe Neil is is a good fit there. So I'll throw the Leafs into the mix over on that one. Mike Green is another guy that's been rumored with the Leafs as a right shooting defenseman. He is uh, also sought by a number of other teams in the league. I think the defensive issues that he has in his own end are going to mitigate against getting the high-end dollars and maybe the primo team situation. But uh, aside from the Leafs, I wonder if there's any other team that you think might go after him. Yeah, I I think there's a number of teams uh, that definitely could. I mean, the Islanders are certainly uh, one that that could make a run at it. You know, I I think the the, um, Rangers could take a look as well, although I think overall they're going to try and go younger. Um, You know, there's there's a couple of different options uh, for him. I think he's one that's going to get more money than than he probably should. Uh, You know, he is 32 years of age. So locking him in at, you know, five, six, seven million for for that long uh, is a little steep, in my opinion. So I'm not totally sold uh, on on that deal. I'm not sure I would want my team to make it. Not that we obviously have the room for it. But um, so, yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. But I think he'll be one that gets paid more than he probably should. Uh, Tyler Bozak uh, is the next guy on our list here. Uh, Made 4.2 last year. I don't see him moving on from from Toronto. Uh, I think he'll definitely be back. Uh, And so, you know, the more of the same for him, uh, probably about the same, maybe a little bit less. uh, But definitely, you know, the fact that he played 81 games last year is certainly a a, a step in the or a a check mark in his corner for getting paid more. No question. If he does move on, I'm going to throw out the name of Colorado Avalanche because this guy, he was educated out there. He loved his time in Colorado, and that might be a team that's lurking in the weeds to snap him up if the Leafs don't wind up getting Tavares. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Rick Nash is a name that's been bandied about. I think Columbus is is where he started, and it's where he'd like to finish his career. Uh, if he has his druthers, he's going to take a bit of a haircut at the salary window he's not going to make 7.8 million dollars in this stop and then up next we got david perron another guy who should hit the pay window hard 
uh, in off season. Uh, he is a, coming off a 66 point season. He scored wherever he's been. AJ, he did it in St. Louis. He did it in Vegas last year. If he can stay healthy, he's going to do better than 3.75 million. I just wonder where he might fit in. I'll throw in a number of contending teams. I mentioned Boston. I mentioned Toronto. I wonder if he also might be in in line for a trip to Montreal if if they throw big dollars at him and make him a signature player as a top line forward. Yeah, another team that could obviously contend as far as playtime is going to be Ottawa as well. Um, I'm not sure he wants to join that club, but we definitely could see it. I agree with your assessment on Rick Nash. I think he's going to have to make uh, a little bit less here than he did before, um, but could could find himself back in Columbus. Uh, the next name we have on our list is pretty much a foregone conclusion. Jack Johnson uh, is going to sign with Pittsburgh for all intents and purposes. So we'll kind of just hop over him real quick. And then it's Carter Hutton. Uh, is going to be in the market for a starting job, I think, is is really what we're looking at here. Um, Carolina wouldn't be a bad landing spot with how much Scott Darling has really struggled. Um, if, if Ottawa does end up trading uh, uh, Anderson there, he could obviously compete with Condon for the starting job there. Uh, so I don't see Buffalo making a look. I, I think he would fit there and, and could help them out. But I, I just don't I think they're all in on trying to give uh, Linus Omark the job there. So uh, Carter Hutton, I think, will garner some interest. He'll definitely get paid a little bit more, but I don't think it'll be outrageous. I think you're looking at maybe three to four uh, is going to be his range. Yeah. And I wonder maybe if the Islanders are in the mix for that discussion, they certainly need to up, they upgrade their goaltending. So to me, he makes a lot of sense over there. John Moore, a defenseman, a left shooting defenseman, a defensive uh, stalwart. He'll be uh, sought after. There's a number of teams that are going to go after this guy. Too many to mention, probably, as a bottom pairing defenseman. The same could go for Michael Kempney. Thomas Vanek is an interesting name for me, AJ. I know that there's a lot of Detroit fans in your home office that are wondering where he's going to wind up. I think he rehabilitated his uh, image by making himself a, a... uh, a guy that the younger players on his team looked up to in terms of the way he brought carried himself last year and and did himself a, a good service by having a nice year in columbus so i think he's a guy that could be very popular and there are a lot of destinations for him as well yeah the solid take on Moore and company they're they're going to be sought after um i don't know if they'll be back with their t- their teams at all um probably get a little bit of bumps there Vanek, I would guess. Uh, actually, I think Columbus is a good fit for him. Stay uh, where he ended up last season. I think they'll be able to offer him around that two to three million mark. Uh, and so probably staying put is probably the best uh, best scenario for him. Patrick Maroon, I'd be shocked if if the Devils allow him to walk after kind of making the, the trade for him. But whether he wants to be back there or not is is a big question. He's probably going to want closer to four to five mil than the, than the two million he made last year. Uh, and then Jonathan Bernier, we talked about a little bit in Colorado, um, probably on his way out unless Varlamov. Uh, gets traded then maybe he sticks around i think he's locked in right around that two to three million range as well i don't see a lot of teams paying up too much for what would pretty much be a backup goalie unless as you said unless the islanders uh want to give him a look at the starting job yeah i'll jump down the list and i'll throw a couple of names out at you in terms of the goaltenders anton kudobin is another guy that the bruins what might want to get locked up a uh, quality backup guy and really uh, it seems every year that ta- that rask gets nicked 
So I think Boston, it's a priority to get him re-signed, so I'll mention his name. Jay Beagle, a great face-off man and a great fourth liner. I just don't know that he wants, he will be able to be accommodated in Washington. Uh, those are two other names that I want to point out. Thomas Blacanitz probably had a nudge-nudge, wink-wink deal with Montreal. He's probably going to go back there to play out his career. And Michael Grabner, another interesting name for me that I'll wind up with it before I flip it to you to see who you want to finish up with. But Michael Grabner should garner some interest after turning in 36 points, 27 goals last season. Yeah, I think uh, interesting guys for me are going to be Ian Cole, uh, where he he lands here. Uh, I think Columbus is where he wants to play, and I think they want to make it work. So I think ultimately it will be there. But I could see another team pricing them up uh, and having to pay closer to four uh, million for him. Anthony Duclair, obviously, we talked about uh, what team wants to take a shot at kind of, uh, you know, the issues surrounding him. And that goes the same with Robin Lerner. Where does he end up? He's always kind of been considered a bit of a head case. Uh, and I'll just continue in that trend, obviously, with Peter Morazic, another guy uh, with some serious question marks. Where these guys end up uh, is hard to really say. I think some of them might have to take pay cuts. I don't see Morazic garnering $4 million from anybody. And then, obviously, last but not least, uh, I'm very curious to see what sort of offer and where Chris Kunitz lands. Uh, I think both sides would love to bring him back to Pittsburgh. But it's just a, a question of dollars, whether he's willing to take a, a probably it sounds like a pretty significant cut. I think he's probably getting offers close to three million range and Pittsburgh's really only going to be able to give him about one. I just heard that the Leafs are planning a parade if they sign John Tavares. So maybe we'll wind it up with that comment <laughs> and see how that plays out, AJ. But uh, that wraps up this episode of Podcast with Statsman and AJ. Remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22, and you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. We hope you've enjoyed this show, and keep an eye out for our next podcast, which will take place in a few weeks when the dust settles on some of this play, player movement, and we'll come back and summarize it for you. And... Uh, We'll tweet out a reminder in advance of that next podcast, so keep an eye out for that. As always, we invite you to listen to get our tips to stay out of the competition in your fantasy hockey offseason planning. So long, everybody. 